Thank you for downloading Hebron, Oklahoma's podcast. You can find out more about us on our website at hebronok.org. Now, here is our latest episode from the sermon series based on the Acts of the Apostles. Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him going to heaven. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. I wanted to um, bring forth an introduction. Um, You guys might have heard the term... Uh, fake it till you make it. And the sermon title today is Don't Fake It Till You Make It, Just Come As You Are. So that term is very um, common. Uh, and that means that you should, uh, until you know what you're doing, you should act the part or you should um, um, play along. And so when it comes to spiritual matters, we don't want to fake it till you make it. Just come as you are. So as you're turning to Acts chapter 4, verse 32, we'll read from 32 all the way to chapter 5, verse 11. Chapter 5, verse 11. So quite a bit of scripture. Please stay with me as we read this. The believers share their possession. Just as uh, an introduction, we know that prior to this, that Peter and John had healed this man who was born lame from his mother's womb and because of that they are experiencing a lot of persecution and they even had to stay a night in the jail and they uh, are now um, under tremendous persecution as a church. The church is praying and there is um, um, a lot of unity among the church uh, and that's the background to this. All the believers were one in heart and mind No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them. And all that were there, were there were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to everyone who, was, who had the need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, among the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Going on to chapter 5 now. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With this wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest of it and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and kept for yourself some of the money you received from the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think doing such a thing? What made you uh, think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. 
Then Ananias fell to, uh, heard this, he fell down and, and died. And great fear seized all who heard and, and what had happened. When the young men came forward and wrapped up his body and carried him and buried him. Three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for your land? Yes, she said, that's the price. And Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the, God, of the living God? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in and, and finding her dead, carried her out as well, buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word that you um, have given us. Thank you, Lord, that you are going to teach us great principles that we need to live by. Um, ask that you anoint my tongue and help it to be fa falling on fertile ground, that the listeners would apply it, uh, help it to be a blessing for everyone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the last week, Justin talked about the importance of the Holy Spirit, and we know that the Holy Spirit is what was the secret behind this first century church, the very first church, the Jerusalem church. We know that Peter uh, and the, the rest of the disciples waited for the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit came down upon them in the upper room, and they are now able to do great miracles and wonders, and those miracles and wonders are leading them to preach about Jesus and his resurrection. That was their theme, that, that, that their grace, their resurrection, their salvation came only through the blood of Jesus. And so the first point here is that there was great power among them, and that power came through the uh, Holy Spirit. The second thing that we see there is that there was also great grace among them. We see that in chapter 4. We see that uh, grace, which comes from the death of the Lord Jesus was the only means of salvation, and they experienced grace. We just sang that song, Kruba, uh, Madi. So just like that, in, in the midst of their persecution, in the midst of their trials, it was the Holy Spirit that gave them great power, and the great grace they experienced that allowed them to have great faith. They had great faith, and the church was thriving, and even though they were going through persecution, there was great um, unity among them. This great unity was the secret to their evangelization. And we see that at this miracle, 4, 000, uh, 5,000 men, and so together there might have been over 10,000 people, counting the women and children that came to the Lord because of the miracle of this man who was lame. And now because of that, they are taken before uh, the, the council, the Jerusalem council, and they have to answer to the questions. And then they are let go, and they're said never to speak in the name of Jesus again. And uh, they, again, are filled with the Spirit in, in, chapter, in chapter 4, verse 30, so that they can overcome the tribulation, the trials that they're going through. And we see later at the end of this that there was great fear among this uh, first century church. The, fir the first part from verse 32 onwards, we see that they had great unity, and they considered not their property uh, their own, but they had everything in common. You know, when we think about things in common, you think it might be communism that, was, that they had. But no, that's not true. What communism is saying that what is yours is mine. 
Capitalism says what is mine is mine. But this Christian community said, out of the love that I have for Christ, out of the Holy Spirit power, out of the great grace that I'm experiencing, because of the faith and the unity among the believers, I am saying what is mine is yours. It is a free, willing giving of yourselves to the others. And that is what was seen in this Christian community. And we now see two examples of how this can go well and go wrong. And there was a man named Joseph uh, who was also nicknamed Barnabas that we will study in a minute. And then there was this other couple called Ananias and Sapphira. And their motivation uh, was all wrong. They were faking it. And then we see that Jesus is the only way. And, and that's what they were preaching, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. I wanted to point out a couple of verses from earlier in Acts we didn't go uh, do a whole sermon on this, but Jesus is that stone that the builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is not found in anyone else, but there is no other name under heaven given to mankind that we must be saved. We've given sermons on how Jesus is the Messiah, but Jesus is the only way to be saved, and that was what was the teaching of the, of the people. And this was not so well received among the Jewish people who trusted in their laws and their rituals. And they did not want to believe that, that the grace given by the Lord Jesus by his resurrection was the only way, uh, was the only way to achieve eternal salvation. So the church is a body, a holy body of believers. The church has the Holy Spirit power, which is the secret behind its unity. The unity then led to the secret, was a secret behind its great witness. And so they were all of one heart and one mind. And the church flourished under the power of the Holy Spirit despite the persecution. And then we're introduced to a man named Barnabas, or his uh, original name was Joseph. He had a very generous heart. He was a true disciple with a real, genuine, generated heart, regenerated heart. It says Joseph was a Levite. He was born in the island of Cyprus, and the apostle, uh, apostles called him Barnabas because he was a person who encouraged everyone. He had a field, and he sold it. So when, the Lord, when this was happening among the apostles, he had a true conversion. His heart was truly changed. He had this great, great power of the Holy Spirit. He had this great strength, this great faith, and because of that, he sold uh, the land that he owned and he turned over all the money to the apostles. And I could imagine that he uh, got some fame out of that. And we see, uh, even though he is a man that encourages, he might not have wanted all the fame. We see later in Acts chapter 9, how Barnabas was the one, when all the disciples were afraid of Paul, uh, he was the one that took Paul and introduced them to the rest of the apostles. And we also see later that Barnabas was the one who was willing to stand in the gap for John Mark, who had deserted them in the past. But when Paul was not willing to give him a chance, he was the one that encouraged. So he was a man that was good, full of the Holy Spirit, and full of the faith. And he did this out of the goodness of his heart. Because of his love for the people around him, the church around him, and because of the power of the Holy Spirit, he became a person who, out of the goodness of his heart, out of his generous heart, out of his real genuine heart, he started to sell his land and he turned over all the money to the apostles. And we come to the end of chapter 4. And then we'll see uh, two other people. In uh, many versions you'll see, but Ananias and Sapphira. 
Ananias, if you study the meaning of the word Ananias, it comes from the Hebrew word Hananiah, which means Yahweh is gracious. Yes, it's good to have a name that is that says God is gracious, but when you add it together with the word Sapphira, which in Aramaic means beautiful or precious stone or the world, when you combine grace and you start to combine it with the beautiful things of the world, with the precious things of the world, with the flesh, then it starts to go wrong. This precious stone is also seen in Exodus chapter 28 as something that is worn on the breastplate of the priestly garments that's told about in Aaron. And it, is, it represents judgment or the breastplate of judgment or the law. So when you start to combine the grace of the Lord Jesus as the only way, and the only way by the death of, uh, of the Lord Jesus, and combine it with other laws, combine it with other uh, traditions, combine it with other books, when you start to mix grace with the law, and when you start to mix grace with the world, they, uh, it will surely end up in death. And they wanted to mix, mix, mix the finished work of the cross by their own works, and that was one of their faults. But if you look at, at a more superficial level, you can see that they were more concerned about what people thought of them than what God thought of them. Amen. So they, they, they saw the, the value of giving up everything uh, and, or at least pretending like they were giving up everything because Barnabas was getting a lot of clout. He was getting a lot of fame. And they were concerned about what people thought about them more than what God thought about them. They were more concerned about having the appearance of godliness rather than serving him out of a sincere heart. It was all about appearances for Ananias and Sapphira. The opposite of Barnabas, which came out of a genuine heart, here is Ananias and Sapphira giving an appearance of godliness rather than serving him out of a sincere heart. He is more concerned about uh, his own money and security rather than serving the saints. So see, we see Ananias and Sapphira here is concerned about uh, his welfare. So just in case the first century church falls through, what's going to happen to me? I need a retirement plan. I need a way just in case it doesn't work out. His heart was not fully in it. He was just doing it to look good in front of many people. We see the comparison here between Ananias and Sapphira. We see that there is truth in the heart for Ananias versus the appearance of holiness for, uh, for Barnabas, there's truth in the heart, but there's appearance of holiness for Ananias and Sapphira. We see that Barnabas was led by the Spirit, but Ananias and Sapphira was conspiring with Satan, as it says in chapter 5. How could you do this, conspire with Satan and with your wife to fake the believers rather than have true, genuine faith? And also, if this had gone through, uh, this would have sown many seeds of discord among them, and they were all of one heart, one mind, one accord. And so uh, we see that he was trying to sow seeds of discord, whereas Barnabas was a son of encouragement. He was looking out for himself versus the whole Christian community. We see, we see in many places they say, fake it till you make it. But when it comes to spiritual matters, you cannot fake it. You can come here on Sunday and fake it. But the Lord does not desire that. You can uh, fake it in your uh, daily walk, uh, but you, the Lord does not desire that. The Lord wants you to come just as you are. The money belonged to them before, the Lord said, and it, you didn't have to sell it, but you sold it, 
And even afterwards, the money belonged to you, but it was lying about, about it and with the Holy Spirit, which is God, is what got them this eternal damnation and judgment right away. And so um, as, the, as the worship team is coming up, let me summarize and say there was great power and great grace, great faith, great unity, and now great fear among the people because of this. This is almost like a reverse miracle. Uh, because of this happening, we see that there was great fear, a reverence and awe of the first century church and the apostles. They know they can't mess around because they know that the spirit of the Lord will reveal the truth and that they will uh, endure judgment uh, for that. Um, that we see the true meaning of a Christian community that was seen in the first century church where people are caring for each other and taking care of each other's needs uh, in a time of need. We see two examples. One is Barnabas, the son of encouragement, who was taking care of the church and wanted to uh, do everything he can to help in introducing people, in encouraging people, and truly uh, adding to the fund of the church. But Ananias and Sapphira, on the other hand, they were named beautiful, they were named precious stone, but when it was mixed with grace, they were taken away from the way, which is that Jesus is the only way. That, that was the message that they were preaching, and that was the message that was so hurtful to the Jewish people, that Jesus, by his death and his resurrection and, and the grace that was given, is the only way for uh, everyone, including the Jews, to be saved and to receive eternal salvation. So love and grace of God uh, at the same time is not a license to sin deliberately. Yes, there is the love and the grace of the Lord for his children, but God, as it says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8, will not be mocked. You will reap what you sow. If the, if the judgment does not happen in that same fashion, um, even though it is... Uh, it is in the New Testament. We are a little surprised by how quickly the judgment happened in this situation. But we live in a period of grace, and the Lord is allowing us, despite many of our uh, attitudes and behaviors, if the same thing had happened with Ananias and Sapphira in the church, where would we be? Let us examine ourselves. We must all appear before the judgment seat of God and give account, as it says in Romans chapter 2, verse 16, Every secret desire of our heart, whether it's good or evil, will be shown. Why is it that I sing? Why is it that I preach? Why is it that I do something for the Lord? Is it to get a good name? Is it to get recognition? Is it to give uh, glory to the Lord or for the better, and for the betterment of the church? Or is it for some other motives? The Lord is someone who searches our hearts and knows the very secret intentions of our thoughts and our actions. And he is one that says that he will, um, that we all need to sit in front of his judgment seat. In Hebrews 4.13, it says, everything is uncovered and laid bare before the Lord. And because of these episodes between Barnabas uh, on one hand in chapter 4 and Ananias and Sapphira in chapter 5, we are now seeing that there is great fear, fear as in awe, and the Lord is glorified uh, and, and the name of the Lord is glorified through this incident. Let us examine ourselves. We can easily read this and say, well, you know, uh, this has nothing to do with me. Let me get back to my title and say, many times 
aren't we faking it? And if so, in spiritual matters, don't fake it. Come as you are. The Lord is willing to receive you right where you are and say, son, daughter, I have paid the price for you. No matter how much or what you have done, I have paid the price and I am willing to redeem you, to cleanse you and to make you my son and daughter again. May God bless you all with these words.